recording in progress. Yeah. That's just our intro now. Yeah. Recording in progress. Welcome to Frightening Frowen. We have Tyler and Lee. Honk, honk. In costume again because we're recording on Halloween. Yay, Halloween. Yay. The only tolerable holiday at this time of year. And it's not religious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, but not Christian religious. Yeah. Well, it's not like, yeah. They tried to steal it and then they just couldn't. <laughs> yep. And now they hate it because they couldn't steal it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been two days since we uh, video chatted. What have you been up to? I started putting a skirt on my RV so it can be stylish and cute. Oh, are you going to make it polka dots? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to paint it white-ish so that it matches the RV so that it doesn't look tacky for the neighbors. Okay, fine, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I know I thought about like doing like rainbows or something. And then I was like, oh, what if they're like Trump supporters or something? They might think I'm making a statement when I just really like rainbows. What about cats? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves cats, except for you know, right? bad serial killers. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cats, do you want to be a guest? Fiona! <laughs> Hi, kitty. He matches me. <laughs> we are Cruella the cat. <laughs> uh, so for those who are listening and can't see us, I am goth Cruella DeVille. I'm a clown, which is super original and totally unlike me. Lee's never a clown. Never. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little different, though. Yeah, they're always different. It's uh it's like bright and cheery, but also like gothic at the same time. Like a pastel yeah. goth clown. I can see that. And I have my um I'll show you my jumper on. So ah! like I, put a, I put a shirt on to be good, but it has a little froggy and it has it has pockets and I'm wearing my my striped thing underneath. I like the stripes. I like the pockets. So, and it happened to match my that necklace I made. So Perfectly. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then the buttons are. I don't. I don't color code and normally, but when I'm a clown, I had to put my camera over to the side because I didn't have anything to put it where I normally do. So I'm sorry if I'm like looking this way. I'm actually looking at Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you can see, you can see my, my new tattoos yes! hidden under the... That's awesome. How long ago did you do that trade? Uh, last year sometime I did the bookkeeping, so she was able to do her taxes this year. So I think I stopped doing bookkeeping for her like around February or so. And then um, at that point, like her... Because I just was like really like burnt I, I discovered that my burnout was still in effect by trying to do bookkeeping for a friend yeah and um so I did I got her books like basically together and it was like 90 percent done and got her like having better habits and like explained to her what she was doing wrong she was like double booking her income and stuff like that and I was like you know so I got her on the right track and then I just pooped out 
and was like, I can't do this anymore. That's rough. But she like she was able to take that and then like get her her numbers together to do her taxes. And she said it was so much easier this year. Hopefully she keeps the good habits. Right. But you got a tattoo out of it. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I know it's cool. It's just starting to flake. So it's at that stage. I just know silly people who are going to be like, oh, you guys wanted to get her money. And then she got a tattoo. It's like, no, the tattoo was free. (laughs) Yeah. I, that's why like every single post I like, um, I said it was a trade for services. She doesn't have the money to pay me, Mm -hmm. but you know, but I I can accept a tattoo. Like, you know, what, what does it do me to be like, I'm just going to wait three years until she, she pays me 200 bucks. I mean, come on, like, I'll just get a tattoo. And 200 bucks is way cheap for what you (laughs) did for her. Right. Oh, but you both got something you wanted. So that's good. Yeah. And she did pay me for some of the work. So it was, she just ran out of money and then that was what was left. Okay. Well, that's, that's a good trade. I agree with it. (laughs) I like trades. It's what we should do with life. Yeah. There definitely should be more trading. Ah, silly paper money stuff. It's not even paper money anymore. It's digital. (laughs) It's not even real. It's Ah, yeah. I mean, money was never real. It was always, it's just an agreement that we've all made. Like it's, it's funny. And it is, it's an exchange for services or goods, but for the future, it's Mm -hmm. weird. It's very bizarre. And yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. It's dirty. <laughs> Ugh, so dirty. I used to um avoid I used to take the long way around the Bay Area to avoid the avoid the um the bridges because you know before there was fast track because of the money. I was like to me I I I've always had this thing about like pandemics and stuff and so I was like that's a perfect vector like for spreading disease is like the toll booths at like the golden gate or whatever if somebody wanted to like get a nasty bug out there so i was really i was really glad when they started just doing fast track and they don't even have people working in toll booths anymore i am too um i need to actually pay mine but i'm (laughs) (laughs) because in colorado there's toll roads everywhere and it's really hard to avoid them and so I've accidentally gone on them multiple times, or there was a day where it was like 20 minutes slower or sorry, 20 minutes faster for me to take the toll. And it was going to be like $2. So I was like, I'll save 20 minutes. Um, yeah. But uh, paying them later. Is not... <laughs> like I yeah, we... Pay now. <laughs> yeah, tap, we... tap your card. <laughs> that's, a, that's how the fast track works is you have to have credit on your on your fast track and then it automatically pulls from that and they will send you a a bill if you don't have a fast track but like it's just so convenient to just have that you know and they've just started doing like toll lanes and stuff on the freeway so instead of like carpool you have to pay and stuff and i'm like that's rude yeah that is dumb or you have and- to carpool and pay that i have seen as well and it's cheaper but it's dumb <laughs> I wonder if yeah. my rainbow skeleton will count as a passenger. Put a hat on him. Unfortunately, probably not. And a mask. Yeah, but you would probably end up in the newspaper 
<laughs> Florida woman. <laughs> Car full of skeletons. <laughs> I can take Boris. Does Boris count? <laughs> Boris should count. So I decided, everybody, that I was going to record in a different area today because I'm Cruella and I have my animal room behind me. Of <laughs> <laughs> dead animals. Sorry, guys, but they're dead. They would be dead by now anyway, okay? Yep. That taxidermy bear was done like 50 years ago, 60 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And the I named him Boris. He usually has a top hat on it. The kids keep taking it. But they so the owner of that bear used to pay to get his animals taxidermied when he would hunt. And he started doing it himself to save money because the wife said no more. <laughs> Not gonna <laughs> save it really doesn't save you much money. It's so expensive to do big animals. But he did five bears um, and they were all over their house and the guy died and the wife was like, I will keep one as a memory of him, but please take the other four to this guy. <laughs> so he took all four of them. He kept two and then sold two. Uh, so I got one of them, but I got a good deal on Boris and I was not looking for a bear and I just saw him and I had to have him. That's funny. That is not a thing I would ever think to I don't really have things though. That's the thing. Like if you like looked at my place, there isn't like things. I just have the stuff I use. Yeah. And I, I don't have decorations. So that's how my house used to my old house was. This one has a lot of things. <laughs> but I felt <laughs> like it was period appropriate to have things. Yeah. I live in a Queen Anne Victorian house, if y'all didn't know. And the people before me just had it set up like a normal house. And I hated it because I feel like that's a waste of this beautiful painted lady. And I, it sat very empty down here for a while until I found the right objects. <laughs> so, yeah, And it doesn't look crowded or anything. It just looks like decorated. So No, it's not. I can't put much more in here, but it's not crowded, which is good. I have in the other room a player piano. The other room could use a couple things, but the room behind me, really, there's only room in like the cases that I already have of stuff. Yeah. I do have a lot of art, like framed art. And that's something that um, I'm planning on going through and taking my art out of the frames and sell trying to sell the frames mm -hmm. and then just store the art because like there are no there's no walls in here to hang stuff up. So yeah that makes um sense. yeah and then i you know i probably will never hang the art up again eventually i'll i'll stop being attached to it and i'll let it go but for now i'm not ready to let it go no you can't i hope you didn't let go of your comic books no they're they're gonna go to they're gonna go to dave's um okay. and stay there and then with the hope that eventually I'll live somewhere where I can have them out again. But yeah. if, if it gets to that point, you know, where like he can't hang on to them anymore, then I'll sell them or whatever. But I'm not going to yeah. allow it. Yeah. I'm just going to try to hang on to them. <laughs> I'll store them for you. <laughs> I just feel like they're important to you and you shouldn't have to get rid of them. And they yeah, they're like, they're memory. my one thing that I collected, like physical thing. And 
they're like years and years of like people buying me gifts from my my uh, wish list and me going to like half price bookstore and trading in other books to get them. And, you know, um, I save up, I would save up my Amazon points every year. And then on Black Friday, they have like a, a two for or three for two deal. So then I would get books that way as well. So it's like, you know, a lot of like effort went into getting my collection together. Yeah, that's why you need them. Plus there's a few I haven't read yet. So I kind of like would be awful to get rid of them if I haven't had a chance to read. I start I was still collecting and then I like got distracted by art and I stopped reading. And so Yeah. Well, so I had an idea and Lee didn't know anything about it. So if Lee doesn't have anything to say, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought because so last week when we recorded, or two days ago, but last week when we recorded, <laughs> um, we did a listener tale, and I wanted to break that up and talk about important women in our lives, and part of why I decided to do this was because of some important women that kind of shaped me, not just people I know, but other people that I've seen and read about and learned about that help me kind of decide what kind of person I wanted to be. So one of them, the first one I wanted to talk about, I'm not going to go too in depth, but she's the first woman was a girl when she became important in my life, but is a woman now. Uh, and she's going to be on the show eventually. So I'm just going to do kind of a little bit of a flyby of her, but is my cousin. Um, and her name's Lindsay. She had a really rough life and I did not know much of it when I was growing up, but she was always there for me. She was the one who would hang out with me when my mom needed somebody to, and would like, she knew things going on in my life at home and would try to kind of distract that. We had our own little rituals and routines that we would do. And she taught me little things that I still do to this day of like how I make top ramen or how I like do little, little things in the kitchen, certain movies that I watch when I'm sick because they make me feel better because they remind me of her. But I knew she had a rough life. She was adopted. Um, so one of my aunts, my mom has two sisters. One had her. And then the other one adopted her. So she was always my cousin biologically, but moms changed. So, yeah. um, and before she got adopted, she had a really rough life, which she'll talk about on here. But I only knew a little bit of it, of what my mom did say in front of me, not to me, but in front of me. <laughs> and I always just was shocked at how normal she seemed <laughs> after all of it, like, I thought that those kind of things would break me and my cat is coughing up a hairball. Hey, stop it. Go somewhere else and do that. <laughs> do you hear her? I heard something. I didn't know what I was hearing, but. Fiona, no, stop. <laughs> Sorry so for the gross noises my cat blah, is making behind blah, me. <laughs> She's like, let's see. Oh, now you're not going to do it because I put the camera on you. Oh, yep. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Long-haired cats there. <laughs> and yeah, cleaning herself is lovely. So my cousin um, went from one extreme of not much religion, uh, very kind of free for all family where there wasn't a lot of overseeing the children and to another to my other aunt who was in a cult (laughs) fundamentalist christian cults uh that kind of i've talked a little bit about because i was in it as well but she was way deeper in it (laughs) than i was and stayed in it through I think all of high school. I don't think she ever went to public school. I think she was always in the cult. So the IBLP cult is a a fundamentalist Christian organization that hid itself behind a homeschool program. So it called itself a home. Let me look. We always just called it IBLP. Let me see what it stands for. It's the same one as the Duggars. I-V-L-P. And it stands for Institute in Basic Life Principles. And so, yeah, they hid behind a homeschool program, but it was, they had their own services, they had meetings, they had rules of how you could dress, what you could watch, what you could have in your house. So uh, most of the women aren't allowed to cut their hair. They had to have long hair. You couldn't show any skin. um, So you had to wear like very covered up. They would show us pictures of women and we'd have to point out what was wrong in the pictures of the women. Oh. And some of them you're looking at it. There's nothing wrong with this picture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, her ankle's showing. Uh, She's sitting with her knees apart. And part of the cult also is that if you're assaulted, if a girl is assaulted or a woman by a boy or a man, it is not assault. If you don't cry out, it is not assault. If no one else hears you. And so if no one else hears you, when you cry out and comes, it's not assault and it's your fault. And you made him falter and do that in some way. That's gross. Yeah. So we grew up with great. uh, So when I say that purity culture is terrible, (laughs) (laughs) the guilt is so hard. And I've talked to her about this too, for both of us, because horrible things happen to both of us as far as assaults and things go by people that we were supposed to be able to trust, uh, trusted males in our life. And we were taught to believe that it's our fault. And like, what are you supposed to do when you're a child and this is happening to you by someone who's telling you that they're a trusted person and, and the hierarchy of the church too, is like men and then women and then children. Yeah. And God, well, God appear, you know? Uh, and so when you're being told by that person who's supposed to be above you, that what they're doing is not wrong, then there's this confusion because you're told by other people it's wrong but it's also your fault you made them do it you made them think it's not wrong and you must have worn something or done something or acted in a way that made them want to do that 
and it has messed up our heads, but (laughs) knowing that she grew up with a lot of that, even before I came, like even before I was born and all of the guilt and everything and how strong she always was, it just, and how much she just kept going and kept just wanting to protect the other girls in her life. So she had a younger sister and she had me who she kind of acted like another younger sister and tried to protect us as much as possible from things and did what she thought was right. Um, still in the religion and everything, but what she thought was right to protect us. And she was always like another mom to me. Uh, and I can't wait for her to come on here. I keep trying to schedule stuff with her, but she works a normal job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so that was the first, positive role model in my life um when she did walk away from the religion was actually around the same time i walked away from christianity as well Uh, she was older than me Uh, i think she's eight or nine years older than me but we both walked away kind of at the same time for different reasons and didn't know and didn't talk about it because we knew our family would not be happy (laughs) about it yeah but um she kind of gave me the courage to continue on and realize that what I was doing wasn't wrong and that the freeness that I felt I shouldn't feel guilty about because leaving there's so much guilt and you're so afraid of losing everybody that was important to you and was there in your life leading up to that point because you were only allowed to hang out with those people (laughs) you were only allowed to be around those people and so losing all of them and realizing like she could do it. She could maintain some of the relationships, but keep her boundaries. And I watched a lot of what she did when I got out and to kind of set healthy boundaries, which we both struggled with, but we worked through them. Um, the second one, um, that kind of fed into the same timeline was second grade. So back to the cult situation. Uh, my dad sued my mom to get me out of the homeschool program because he knew it was horrible. He had looked into it, knew that it wasn't a real school program. Uh, Yes, it is accredited. Yes, you can graduate and get, it's like a diploma, but it's not like a real diploma, but you're, you're considered graduated. But he knew that it wasn't about actual education and he sued my mom so that I had to go to public school. And I don't know how she got away with putting me in private school after I went to public school. But (laughs) Um, so I went to school and I got moved schools in the middle of the year, second grade. And I was able to go into second grade at six years old. So I tested into second grade. So I was a year ahead. But uh, I got put into a class and I called the teacher, Miss Voldemort. Miss Bulmer. Miss Bulmer is her name. She's terrible. <laughs> if we want to talk about horrible, wicked women, that was a horrible, wicked woman. <laughs> so this is my first experience, and and I'm hearing in my head like, oh, this is my dad's fault because, um, like, I'm getting put through this torture at this school because I should be in this homeschool program, and this is how secular school is, and so I have this horrible teacher. She hated me. She wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. She wouldn't let me go to, um, uh, to lunch. So I'd have to sit in there, um, 
I, she would laugh at me for not knowing a pro like how to do a problem in math, even though I love math, she didn't make sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, she was horrible and I got a bladder infection. I ended up peeing my pants in class and she laughed at me and made me sit in it. Wow. Um, so the one good thing, like at that time that my mom did, was she said, I could not go back to school, that school until they switched me teachers. They switched me to another teacher and she was amazing. She was like Miss Honey in, uh, what is that? Um, is it Matilda? I think it's Matilda the nice teacher in Matilda hmm. but she was so sweet and so kind and she would like sit there until you got it and understood and if you were uncomfortable like sitting next to someone she would move you like it was amazing and she honestly like at seven or six probably seven by this by the time I switched classes um I was so depressed because of how I was being treated and how I thought it was my fault and that I made my dad switch me these schools and like all this stuff and my um so that teacher she just really just changed my perspective on everything and realized that I deserve to feel comfortable in school I deserve to be listened to and she was just like the kindest kindest person and I went and I found her recently on Facebook and I wrote her just this letter of how she changed my life at that time, my six-year-old life and what had been going on, what went on before I went to her class and how she was the first like good example of school <laughs> that I had had. And she wrote me back and she said, I remember you. I remember that situation. That was my first year of teaching. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. and she said, um, she she didn't know if she was doing enough if she was doing the right things if she was was giving the kids all that they needed she wasn't a mom yet uh she had just finished like graduated and became a teacher and she just was was thrilled these were her little babies and she wanted to do what was best for them and to this day she's still teaching at the at least second grade at that same school <laughs> and I'm so glad um, but yeah, she was the second woman who, who shaped me and helped me getting out of that cult. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if I could bring her on here. That'd be cool. I should you might want to adjust her. your mic oh. up because it, it got bumped down a little bit. So you got quieter. There we go. That's better. <laughs> like, I feel like Britney Spears right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I should ask her because I know I'm not the only one she's changed lives. I wonder if I could find some other students to write her letters or something and read them to her. Ah, uh, that would be cool. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't watch this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have any women in your life that helped you? Um, not really. Like I, Madonna. I never really pay attention to celebrities. Like <laughs> I, I was like just kind of surrounded by really like just a, a wide variety of tox toxicity, mm -hmm. like all these different types. And so like, I would look at, I was very analytical and I would like watch people 
and be like, okay, well, this person has this and I like that. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to learn how to be that thing. So I like, I literally, and it didn't matter if they were male or female because I never like, I don't know. I was never very good at seeing the point of the gender part of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I just collected the things that I liked and then would like, oh, okay. These are the things that I don't like. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, so there's, there's like, I feel like I took like the best parts of like, even like the worst people that I grew up around and took that with me, you know, like, yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of things that, um, my mom, even though like she was really difficult to live with, there's a lot of things that she did that influenced me. Like, you know, she worked on her own motorcycle and did her oil changes and, stuff like that and was very non-conforming and you know that was very like beneficial for me because I was very overwhelmed when I was like nine or ten by the idea of having to be female and conforming into the box of femininity because I didn't didn't identify with it at all um so you know it was helpful to me to like have adults around me that that didn't do that, you know, and like my stepmom was a computer programmer when it was very rare for women to do that. And, um, you know, uh, like my mom's best friend, she was very accepting and open to everybody, which is not like something that I saw in other adults very much, but literally like all the kids in the neighborhood all called her mom and st stuff like that. So, you know, I haven't really figured out how to be quite warm like that, but I am very like accepting in general. So when people, get to know me, they realize that, that I'm a safe person. Um, and just like, li like, literally, like I still do it. Like when I meet people, they have attributes that I'm like, this would, I'd be a better person with that. I just learn about it and learn how to, you know, it's my understanding. This is, a, that's a very autistic, like mm -hmm. way to be like, and how we like, honestly being that way though, saves you so much trouble by not learning just by your mistakes but by seeing like what you do and don't want to do and then learning from other people and how they behave is how we hope that our children and like people in society will do things but it's hard it's easier said than done uh, I'm very similar to that as well um, of trying I can learn from other people's mistakes <laughs> yeah there's, I mean, there's been people that had like things in their life that I like looked up to, um, you know, like I had a friend, she was a female photographer and she was a sports photographer who ended up on like the different magazines and stuff at a time when like, it was very rare for women to, um, to do that. But like that stuff, you know, that's stuff that requires having the right opportunities to be able to do that. Like when I was really into photography. And so like, I looked up to her for doing that, but I wasn't able to follow in her path because I didn't have any open doors. So, you know, I didn't look at it like in quite the same, in the same way, you know, there was like some sadness, like mixed in there or whatever. Um, and yeah, but you know, I, I guess I feel like most people have something you know some aspect of themselves that's worth integrating you know there's I've met a few people that did not seem to have anything but most people have something of interest you know oh there's definitely I can think of a few um <laughs> that I'm like all of that no <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Some people have more than, you know, others, but, and, you know, I think, I think like there's a consistency of like when I meet women, especially who are doing things that other women are, it's not common for other women to do that. I always have a lot of respect for them in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, Especially since like, I know how hard it is to break into certain fields and do certain things and how much adversity there still is, because even in my weird fields, it's like that still. Yeah. And it's very much a boys club in the banking industry. Once you break out of, of like banking and go into um, credit unions, it's a little different, but in like high up in like big banks, it's still very much a boys club and very hard to get the correct, like if you aren't bringing in your own business, like I'm lucky that in my field, I was bringing in my own business, but if you're like needing them to give you contracts and them to give you the portfolios and things, it's really hard as a woman to get the good ones. Yeah. And you only have so much control over it. Proving it is another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It worked in the tech field and it was, mm-hmm. I very rarely ever got to work with other women. And unfortunately, like the one time I did get to work with another woman, um, she saw me as a threat and basically ruined my, ruined my job for me. So I was like super excited and was trying to be supportive and helpful. And she totally took advantage of that and then turned around and ruined the job for me. And I was just like, dude. It's horrible. We should be working together. So like so much of like media and I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of it, but at my dad's house I could, but a lot of like movies and media back like in the nineties and eighties was a lot about female competition. Yeah. And it was like, you're competing for a position for popularity for a man, for a job. And it's never like, Oh, we're going to build each other out. We could both be awesome in this industry we don't have to be in competition with each other right but that it's it just shows like how much like our society expected there to only be a tiny bit a little bit of space for women only enough for one mm-hmm. and they yep they tried to make a model that kept it that way and even in our day-to-day life try to keep it that way i'm glad that it's changing but it's not changed yeah definitely not yeah I've noticed a difference um I'm glad so my job that I start tomorrow yay uh there's only one man in the whole department oh and I told them in the interview because I told them what because they asked what I did and didn't like about working for the other big bank that I worked for and I told them I loved my job. I loved what I did. I loved the freedom and bringing in my own income and my own uh, portfolio. But I didn't like how excluded I was as a woman and how much, no matter how much I told them, I like beer. They wouldn't invite me to anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were like, well, we have one man and the rest are women. I'm like, well, we'll make sure to invite him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny, but yeah, I'm excited to start. 
But yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying that you see people as not, not necessarily as cookie cutter as this, but like you see people as aspects of themselves that you can kind of pick apart. Even if it's someone you don't like, they may have aspects that you do like that you might like for yourself and can kind of gather those. Like you're a little goblin of pieces of people. Exactly. Cause there's no, like, like, I don't know, like I've, I grew up feeling like I was so like, like an alien. I just felt like an alien and, and also uh, broken because of my upbringing. It was like, like I, you know, I have a tattoo in my arm that like represents me emulating being human in order to figure out how to be human, right? Like fake it till you make it. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I knew how to behave because I didn't have good examples of how to behave. So I just, I just, um, I learned from other people. And whenever I got the opportunity to meet people that came from outside of the culture that I had grown up in, um, I would just totally just be like, like watching them for, for things that I could absorb, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's also seems like a, not necessarily a defense mechanism, but a tool that you gathered, whether it is just from the autism or from trauma as well, or a lack of something, neglect, those sorts of things. But um, it's definitely a coping coping mechanism. Yeah. Well, I like it. (laughs) And I think it made it a little like sometimes, you know, you're in a social situation, you don't know how to interact with those people because you're you're wired so differently from them I could use my curiosity about them as a way to like integrate mm-hmm. oh. okay. even when I have an itch and I'm looking at the screen I go to the wrong side <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I know where it is on me <laughs> that's funny oh yeah that reminds me of the the message I sent you yesterday from my friend who thought that I hated her when I met her and I'm like I really liked you I just was overwhelmed and overstimulated yeah I always get the like where people say that I'm like intimidating or or whatever and I'm just like sorry I don't mean to be like uh do you have any cats no (laughs) They get, I mean, people get used to me after a while, but my yeah. honesty, my honesty is really what gets people, you know, cause, um, cause I just ask things really directly. Like if I have a question or whatever, and I guess neurotypical people, a lot of times when they ask questions, it's because they have an agenda. And so the person hears the question gets anxious because they're like, well, what's the agenda? And I'm like, no, I just really want to know the answer to my question. Like, that's it. And like, so after a while they start to learn that there isn't an agenda with me and it gets easier, but initially it's very like, and some people it just, it's too much for them. So bye. Or even getting, (laughs) so it, it can be frustrating with getting answers from them that are very gray and nuanced and you know it's not the full answer that they're wanting to give you or they answer with what they think is the reason why you're asking when Mm -hmm. you literally are just asking the freaking question and you're like no why are you off topic now what what (laughs) just want a direct answer sorry i I didn't leave you any of my food cat (laughs) i had a chicken pot pie uh yeah i I get that. And here in Minnesota, 
they call it Minnesota nice and it's not, it's Minnesota passive aggressive and it is the most fake relationships that people seem to have. It's just these, they're like cookie cutter relationships that you're just supposed to have with people. And I hate it so much. I'm, I would not be good at that. Like, <laughs> And I'm not. And so people think I either hate them because I don't want to have the same cookie cutter conversation with you that everyone else has. And I'm not going to lie when you ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm either not going to tell you and get into it, or I'm going to tell you the truth of how I'm actually doing. And, and then when people say like, oh, I wish that there was something I could do. And then I'm like, oh, well, there is this thing you can actually do. And then they like disappear. <laughs> No, you didn't wish there was something you could actually do. Yeah. I hate it when people say that, you know, because if they meant it, then they would ask, what can I do? Right. That's not what they say ever. It's really yep. not. And the few that do and do follow through like that, I've, I'm very thankful for. It's the people I wish, I wish. Okay. Keep your wishes to yourself. Like, Yeah. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to hear that. It's just oh, lies. Like the one time I said it to you, I'm like, I really do wish that I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I, like, after I typed it, I almost didn't send it. And then I was like, I'm going to add more because <laughs> I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, at least with you, I know, like you say it, you mean it. You know, <laughs> the benefit of communicating with other autistic people's. You just don't get as much of that. Oh, you don't. And it's really refreshing. And and also other autistic people who, so especially women, I find autistic women that were diagnosed much later in life, but then didn't really learn about themselves still do those same things because they were taught to. Yeah. And so it's a habit. And I feel like we really need to teach in schools that even because even neurotypical people should not be doing that. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird. Like, like, why is it considered socially acceptable to just lie about everything? Like, all it does is like feed into anxiety and stuff because we all know that the lying is happening. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we want real, we want logical, and we want actual conversations. If you can't do anything for us, that's fine. But there's one thing you can do is just listen. Yeah. That was like honest. when I when I asked for help with my GoFundMe on TikTok specifically, people were reposting, but they weren't like sharing, they weren't duetting, they weren't adding it to their story. And so like literally like all those people to me were like they didn't really want to support because they didn't put the effort in. And it's only there were like three people, three or four people that actually shared in a meaningful way that like I believed them, but all the rest of the comments and stuff, I was just like right you, you even said that too which made it even worse because i could understand them thinking that that's helping even though it really didn't if you look at the numbers yeah but sorry like the hiccups but the you even said i believe you made a post about that of what actually helps with yeah. spreading the and i asked people directly could you do this or this or that and i got like no responses except one person yeah Ugh so frustrating yeah so I like legit like just everybody like in my when I see those people like 
they're like down a couple notches in my opinion of them now mm-hmm. you could change that people <laughs> yep just be honest like if you went no i don't want to do that i would respect that yeah you know yeah. i'd be like cool you're honest i like that you know and then i know what to expect exactly and then it's me over here let me share it everywhere <laughs> yeah you're actually like that that was like it that made it easier for me to judge other people too because i was like you know you're like feeling super shitty you're not you know you're really not doing well at that point and you're like putting all this effort into being supportive and i'm like dude like if people did one tenth of what you did like you is know it bad is it bad that it feels a little selfish of me that it helped me feel a little bit better to not focus on me and focus on someone else <laughs> And what they Not needed. <laughs> I do that too. I think it's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. As it's long even... as you know, as long as you're still taking care of yourself, yeah. distraction is a good thing. Well, I was just stuck in bed and I was just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Let me focus on helping someone else. <laughs> someone who deserves it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been there with people who don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I agree with you on all of that. (laughs) Just the, it's amazing to me. Like, so I have amazing support on Patreon. I have 13 subscribers. Most of them are in the top two tiers, which is awesome and amazing. And I love you all. Not a single one of the people on my Patreon is someone that was in my like personal life who knows me in person, who's in a day-to-day life with me. And that kind of stings a little bit that none of those people are even like, here's the like bottom tier just to help support you. Like, yeah. Or even sharing my podcast or anything like that. It's all people that I've met online and they're incredible. And I wish that they were in my like day-to-day life, but you're the only person that shares my podcast as far as I know. Well, I'll keep doing it. (laughs) all of you should be sharing <laughs> yeah i don't know what that is but i just i don't i don't get a lot of a lot of traction for sharing yeah i've had some people make tiktoks about the podcast um and i'm trying to figure out how to make clips i'm really bad at everything because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like people could share them if we made like little blurbs of us yeah funny it's just a lot of work. It's like going through and like finding, you know, like when I, when I made the clips for doing the puppet stuff, it's like, I have to listen to the entire freaking podcast. So it's like hours of listening just to find, find stuff, you know, and then like save it, like cut it out and save the sound and all that. Yeah. I used one of those AI things and it was not great. And it was like (laughs) $70 a month if I wanted to pay for it. And it wasn't great. If it was no. If it was great, $70 a month may be worth it if you're like getting traction from those videos and because they were specifically designed for like reels and TikTok and everything. But it was so funny, like some of the captions, because it was the one of us for the co-parenting one. And the some of the captions were really funny because they, they couldn't tell who was talking really. <laughs> And so it'd be like, Tyler says that her ex-husband and her get along. I'm like, I didn't say that. 
Because <laughs> it wrote like a whole description and everything for all the clips. It was very bizarre. And if it worked well, like I said, it's like having an assistant and you could pay an assistant $70 a month, but yeah, it needs to get a little better before I pay that kind of money. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't even have thought to try a tool like that. I do everything myself. I saw it on TikTok on an ad and it, it said one free one. So you could put in one free video to see what it did. So that's why I tried it and I couldn't use any of the clips. <laughs> Fail. And if I wanted it to pick new ones, it was going to cost whatever. Like it, there was like a one-time fee or the monthly fee. <sighs> AI. It, it, it could be a great tool, but yeah. it's yeah. not there yet. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's there for some things, but you yeah. know, for hands, it's great for hands. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. It's like, how many fingers do humans have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one that I did. Oh, and it made like something in my ear too, because <laughs> I had a headphone in, <laughs> yeah. like a tube of lipstick in my ear. <laughs> I don't do the like I I see them in my feed, but I like forget that I can do them. I just don't, so I don't do them very often. I like the one I did with Amos though. Mm -hmm. Amos, the one I did with Fiona was hilarious. <laughs> it made her like this woman crouched down. Like... <laughs> so weird. So fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh la la! Oh gosh. Oh, yeah, another woman. I'm going to talk about another woman. Uh, so another one, and I don't know if she listens to this. I'm only going to use her first name because I didn't get permission, but her name is Dawn. And she had several times in my life that she kind of came in, and I don't think she realizes how influential she was. So she went to our church, but she wasn't super pushy. She was not, and she was a youth leader. She was not super, she wasn't like everyone else. She was very much getting to know you, not trying to push something on you. So, and I got to know her in like junior high when she was our youth leader. Uh, she was very cool, like had short hair. She would color it. She had tattoos everywhere. Very cool lady. Uh, her daughters were a little older than me. And I just was like, I want her as a mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then later on, so when I was married to my first husband, I went to this like women's group for women that wanted to be better wives. <laughs> Super toxic group. I mean, not the people, yeah, but like I the just, premise of it. <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, I just, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> So we were reading books like the five love languages, but not to figure out our own, but to like figure out our husbands and like, oh God, it was so, so bad. But like, we were all in this group and then she kind of always switched the topics. So the topics were written by freaking men. I will tell you that in this group, but she wasn't the leader of the group, but she was definitely who everyone looked to as the leader. And we would, it was like a book club, but we wouldn't even really talk about the books after we got there. So she started talking about like 
her sex life and stuff, which I had never heard someone in the church actually talk about and how it could be fun, how it could be exciting and how like you don't have to just be cookie cutter, like missionary style, no noise, no eye contact. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like talking about how it could actually be fun. And I was like, oh, you can actually enjoy that. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I was 18, 19, did not know that you actually could enjoy that. And I still didn't for a long time, but (laughs) she was the one who like planted a seed in my head of, oh, this Christian woman, she uh, actually says this. So then move forward um, another like 10-ish years. uh, Maybe it was after I actually moved here and she, I found her on Facebook. So we became Facebook friends and we started chatting and I saw how much health issues she had, like a lot of like, um, so she has, I think it's bipolar, but then she also has had so many battles with skin cancer and she has battled with some other things as well. She has an autoimmune disease and she was show like, I remember she showed a picture of all her pills that she takes. And I was looking at that. I'm like, I had no idea that this woman that I looked up to was battling all of these things on top of like trying to be there for everyone else and being so open about herself, um, but not like the health stuff, but the other stuff. Yeah. And so I started chatting with her about my health stuff and she was the first person who told me I was valid. And that's kind of where I got that from. I was like, that felt so good to hear Cause I told her this was before it must've been right before I had breast cancer because, um, I was going through that when we were chatting and I was telling her that I kept talking to doctors and like, I couldn't breastfeed and all this stuff. And there was something wrong. And she said, you're valid. Something is wrong. And she was the first person to tell me that. And so I pushed and I went to Planned Parenthood and, um, and she, she helped me like advocate for myself because I kept just listening to doctors. And she's like, if I listen to doctors, I would be dead right now. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think about her all the time when I'm trying to advocate for myself, I'm like, there's so many people who either are dead right now because they didn't. And that's not their fault. I'm not saying like, it's their fault that they're dead. Like they, we should be listened to, but there's so many people who are only alive right now because they advocated for themselves and they kept pushing and kept pushing, even though in their chart, it says they're a hypochondriac or whatever. No, I believe most people with that in their chart is actually have something going on. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm surprised it has not been in my chart. (laughs) But she, yeah, she was huge and and there for me and she has been ever since. And I, I don't think I've ever told her just how much she's been there for me. Um, but that just her telling me that I was valid was honestly life-saving yeah. in more than one way. I like to think that I've been that person for people because people will come to me, you know, talking about their health stuff and not like not being heard and I'm just like I'm like yeah if your doctor doesn't hear you fire them and you go to the next one and you tell them I fired my last doctor because they weren't listening to me and you keep doing it and it's really tiring but you just keep doing it until you get people to listen to you because like you have to yeah like you know and um yeah so and I you know I feel like 
And I've had a few people come to me and say that, you know, that it did help them that I told them that like one of my friends, his wife got a diagnosis uh, for her GI issues after like two years because I like explained the process of like how to find a good GI and like basically the issues in the system and how to navigate those and stuff. And tests that they should be doing. Yeah. Because sometimes unless you know what test to ask for, they're not even going to offer it to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I actually guessed what was wrong with his wife and I was right. Like when they, she got a diagnosis. So it's like, yeah, basically your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee. Oh, goodness. I I was just talking to someone this morning about how I wish that I would have finished medical school. <laughs> oh, Dr. Holmes. I didn't even finish high school, so I'm like the idea of like medical school, medical school is pretty out there. <laughs> I I loved college and I would go back just to just to go back yeah I like learning I just never had the opportunity to go to school I tr- I tried like I tested out of high school and I went to the junior high and I couldn't I couldn't I was like 16 and I had to work to pay for the classes because I couldn't get financial assistance because my mom made too much and she wouldn't help me and um so I was working and then I couldn't I I learned very quickly I can't do both yeah um, I burn out really fast and I, you know, I, cause I specialize in whatever I do. So on the occasions I did take classes, I had a 4.0, like 4.2, but, um, Ooh. and, <laughs> and, you know, but like, I, I had to, I always had to work and I always had to like take care of other stuff. And so it was just never, there was never really an opportunity. There's no system in place to help somebody in my position. You know, and I think the whole your parents have money, so you don't get financial support thing is ridiculous because they did they tried the same thing with me. I didn't live at home, I didn't live there, and they tried to tell me that I couldn't get financial aid because my parents made too much money because they would combine both of my parents' income, even though they didn't live together, they're married to different people, like, yeah. And none of them, neither of them helped me with college. Neither of them were helping me with my tuition. And so I had to fight uh, and I won to be able to get financial aid because I had no ties to them financially. Yeah. So you basically had to show that you're, you were emancipated or whatever. Well, I was, so. I mean, you're not legally, but like. Oh, no, I was an adult. Yeah. Uh, so until you're 24 or something like that, it yeah um, counts like your parents' income counts. Maybe it's 26, something like that. But I'm like, when who a 26 year old has their parent paying for their college? Right. Yeah. Uh, but when I was 16 and going to pre med or going to the the from an AA program, uh, it was only a dollar a credit because I was still enrolled in a high school. So I was doing all my classes at the college uh, and it was counting towards both uh, high school and college. Cool. So that was cool. That was a cool program. And they have that here. And I'm trying to convince my second oldest to do that. Yeah, I think California has something like that because someone I know, her 
her kids were taking college classes and it was going towards their, their high school stuff. Yeah, but, I was in California when I had that. It's free here, but it's not even a dollar a credit. <laughs> wow. Nice. But only if you go to the high school here and the college is right across the street. So you have to go to that high school to get the free classes at that college. Yeah. Which seems silly because there's, so there's another high school here and then there's another one that's like 15 minutes from here. And that's not really fair to those kids that they can't get the same opportunity. Yeah. Seems janky. Does seem kind of. Seems chicken. Is it seems chicken. (laughs) (laughs) On the closed caption. Ah, I'm going to say that for now. That seems chicken. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't. That's the other thing, though, is we don't teach enough about trade schools and trades that people should do that are we need people in right now, too, that pay really well. Yeah, they need like, I mean, there needs to be better programs and apprenticeships and stuff like that, like stuff that we used to have that went away that, you know, would help people get into those. Do they still have, so my dad went in to the painter and drywall union, but this was back in the 80s, 70s, 80s. And they would apprentice you then like you would be under someone they would find you a job and he worked all the way up he retired from the union um but i don't know if they have that anymore if that's still a thing they paid really well i know it's like less common i don't i'm assuming there's got to be places that still have it but it's probably just harder to find yeah yep yep darn it i could have been a plumber (laughs) <laughs> showing I off got, your butt crack I was about to say I have the crack and everything <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked these pants fit me today um, can I think of any other women I don't know I think that's them <laughs> Dolly Parton <laughs> <laughs> told me to dress like one of those street ladies <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be the town whore <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness but yeah I, I like what you said though because that's like going back to the learning from other people of who we want to be and I want to do more of that yeah um, should we oh you sent me some things that you wanted me to read yeah let me open those. Oh, might have to cut that out. <laughs> what What did I miss? Oh, was the photo you sent me? No, it was a different one, but it was up on my oh. phone. <laughs> <laughs> might have just sent this to you to blur that out if it's there. All right, guys, you're going to miss a photo that was just up on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hmm. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't leave that up on my browser. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I have like, I have routines with my browsers and all that all uh, right. to make sure I close things just in case. Now I'm turning it away while I open yours. Cause I know I sent you one too. 
<laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Create a free account to access the article. What? I'm creating a free account. All right, come on. Set your password. Okay, I'll do that later. All right. A Virginia woman was feeling sad. Her doctor prescribed her a cat. Oh, that was a period there, guys. Her, a Virginia woman was feeling sad. Her doctor prescribed her a cat. She wasn't, she wasn't sad because of that, okay? Robin Sipes' eyes filled with tears as soon as her doctor entered the examination room. My cat had recently died, and I was feeling really sad and depressed. I would, too. Sipes said uh, she told her pulmonologist, Earl D. King, whom she's known for 15 years, King has treated her for chronic obstruction pulmonary disease, a condition that blocks airflow and makes it difficult to breathe. Oh, gives me anxiety thinking about having that. Right. Um, Sipe said he'd saved her life three times in an uh, intensive care unit at Centara RMH Medical Center in Harrisburg, Virginia. So when he asked her what was wrong, Sipe, 67, opened up to him about her loneliness since her beloved cat died over the summer. I was really going through a bad time, she said. She told him during her appointment in September. That was a weird way that they wrote that. King mentioned that um, she would think about getting a new cat. When her checkup was over, he handed her a printed summary of the appointment with instructions to get a high-dose flu shot on October, in October and a coronavirus shot in November. Then Sipes' eyes lingered at the item at the top of the list. Get a cat, the doctor wrote. <laughs> <laughs> the article's really long, but that's like the... I, like, I liked that. I was like, oh, that's like nice news, you know? Yeah. Now I have to scroll all the way up to the other one. I think I can look through just search conversation. Oh, search media files. Links. It was a link. There it is. Oh, no, that's the thing I sent you. <laughs> what about the fair? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was not a news article. Uh, here we go. Found it. I'm going to pet the doggy. Can I pet the doggy? <laughs> doggy. <laughs> I just love it. Okay, here's the video, guys, that I was just talking about. And not once do they tell that child it's not a dog. Right? She says it's sleeping. Isn't that what she says in the video? Like, oh no, it's sleeping. It's not freaking sleeping. What are you talking about? Yeah, not a dog. Oh god. Um. So this next one, a woman woman shares her truly epic eight year payback on a stranger who spat on and harassed her friend. 
We think the Walking Dead folks would approve. (laughs) (laughs) We often have a deeper urge to seek justice for the wrongdoing of a loved one when... um, than we would for ourselves. And that is highly accurate. (laughs) Getting revenge seems hardly worth the effort until someone important to us is on the receiving end. It keeps like putting something over what I'm reading. That seemed to be the case for one woman who recently shared her own unhinged revenge story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One that involved attention to detail, creativity, and a whole lot of patience. She's like a real life John Wick armed with brilliant pranks and online comeuppance instead of a killer martial arts move. (laughs) Linda Sully Heard shared that about 15 years ago, she had been at a comedy show when her friend accidentally knocked over a man's drink. Heard's... (laughs) It keeps putting a video over what I'm reading. Stop it! (laughs) Heard's friend couldn't even get out an apology before the man called her profanities and spat on her. I feel like that should be assault. (laughs) Right? Bodily fluids on purpose. Yeah. Lung at someone. Heard shared that as she tried to come to her friend's defense, the woman or the man also began yelling expletives at her. And thus the revenge plot was set in motion. Mm-hmm. We love a good revenge plot. <laughs> we move on <laughs> with our night. We do not move on with our lives. <laughs> Heard tracked down the man's Facebook. Oh, we will find you. We will find you. That's right. Frankie. Dog. <laughs> that's, that's a dog. Eh? Can I pet the dog? Oh, yeah, right, right there. That's a dog, too. Um, <laughs> Where, where she discovered he was a massive fan of hit shows like Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. That was when Heard had the idea to create a fake Facebook account to message him episode spoilers. <laughs> she would maliciously glean online. She did this every single week. <laughs> Even if the man tried to block the account, Heard would respond by making another account, which she continued <laughs> to do for months. <laughs> but after that, the grudge was over, or so she thought, until he ended up in one of her college classes. <laughs> Heard recalled the guy being devil's advocate for everything, of course course you were kevin okay (laughs) saying every trash opinion you could have has he has had it or he has it this only refueled her hatred for him unfortunately by this point the dude had gotten wise about sharing his favorite television shows on facebook (laughs) (laughs) leaving her with virtually no ammunition but then her nemesis fired up a PowerPoint from his laptop onto a projector for a class presentation and heard saw his Reddit username, <laughs> <laughs> which meant round two for television spoilers. <laughs> uh, that only lasted for a short while. Then her truly did move on with her life. 
eight years of peace went by until she learned a mutual friend was getting engaged to the same Kevin. The spitter. Gross. <laughs> As the wedding approached, Hurd looked up his Reddit to see if it was still active. Sure enough, it was. And she discovered sinister stuff on it. primarily <laughs> photos of someone passing he was uh oh he was off oh hold on primarily photos of someone passing he was off as the fiance i didn't really understand that part i just assumed that like it's either photos of someone else or photos yeah. of Either way, it's something not appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inappropriate photos. Yeah. If it was your partner, you would want to know. Um, she's, uh, she said in the clip, so she reached out to the woman who promptly broke off the engagement. Thankfully, that story ended well for that girl. The last I checked, I saw um, her. She's got beautiful children and a thriving business and seems to have a happy marriage, Heard said. Heard concluded her video by saying she now has no idea what the guy is up to and pre- presented the moral of the revenge story. You shouldn't assault women and call them bitches. <laughs> as satisfying as the modern day parable is, it isn't without some red flags in terms of safety. Had this man who from Hurd's account appeared to have some leadings towards suspicion, suspicious, possibly violent behavior found out she was the culprit behind the spoilers and very well might find out now due to her video going viral. Right. <laughs> she could have put herself into actual danger. Still in terms of revenge plots, this one is perfectly devious without going into malicious territory. And who knows if Heard had kept uh, tabs on this person for all those years, she might not have been able to prevent another woman from making a marital mistake. Just remember, be kind, lest you wish to have your favorite television shows spoiled. (laughs) I I feel like, they must live in like a small area that they kept overlapping like that. Yeah, for them to be in the same college class. And, and then like to be engaged, you know, and like, yeah, I, I just love the pettiness of like spoiling someone's TV show because it's so like, it's not actually harmful. It's just irritating. And so like, you know, I generally am like, eh, revenge is kind of like, you know, it's probably better not. But that that kind of revenge, I'm like, I kind of dig it, you know. That doesn't that really do. hurt anyone. Yes, I agree. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other good revenges that I could do. <laughs> my brain's think- too dark. I think bad stuff. I can't think of the like the light and fluffy stuff. <laughs> well, people think I do things anyway, even when I don't do them. So it's fine. I should probably start actually doing them. Right. I love being accused of things and I'm like, I would never do that like do you even know me like (laughs) oh gosh yeah I like when I was accused of sending those text messages to the person who was living here and I'm like I don't even talk like that like I wouldn't do that that's not what I would do I mean it's funny but it's not what I would do (laughs) yeah pretend to be a psychic (laughs) you have enough enemies I'm not the only one 
And I'm not even your enemy. Like, <laughs> just angry. <laughs> Look at that butt. Shake it. Um, she stick for the butt. <laughs> I'm gonna feel silly if that picture didn't actually show up on the screen. <laughs> I made a big deal about it. No, um, it, it it'll just make people curious, you know. Yeah. Maybe I should post it. <laughs> I'll post it on my website. So if you want to know what it was, you have to buy me a coffee. <laughs> Ooh, cheese. Mm. I think I have the same cheese. <laughs> From Trader Joe's. No, not from Shader. We don't have that here. We have Aldi, Walmart, and Hy-Vee. Which means they're all very expensive because they don't have a lot of competition. Yeah. I go to the Walmart that's like 30 minutes away from here, and the prices are so much lower for groceries. Yeah, Walmart's crazy cheap. Only if they have competition. If they don't, they raise their prices. Uh. Like here. Like, why is a box of graham crackers seven dollars? That's that's like California prices. That's weird. I did get a bunch of turkey meat for seventy nine cents a pound, though. Mm. It was on clearance and it's still on clearance and they keep getting more. So I don't know why it's still 79 cents, <laughs> but I'm going to keep buying it as long as it is. Um, gosh, what else should we do? What else should we talk about? I know you have mm-hmm. your, you have your appointment soon. At two. So 50 minutes. 50 minutes. So we should... Do a listener tale? Mm-hmm. All right. I read one that on my episode that'll air not this Monday, but the next Monday that um, kind of went with the tentacle tree one. I'm in my wrong email account. Be helpful to be in the right one. Let's go down. I feel like I'm missing one, though, because there's one that says part two, and I don't see a part one. I may have to write that person. Okay. This one is called the Patchwork Doll. Warning. The title character implements classic abuse traits. Please don't read if you aren't prepared for that. Though he gets his just reward. So if you're okay with a story that involves abuse but they get their comeuppance. You can keep listening. If not, you can turn off the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is also an amalgam. Oh, amalgam of all of my abusers in one. So, you, so they made a per a character that is all of their people who abused them into a character. Okay. The doll was real. An old Dr. Doolittle doll my great-grandmother gave me because I asked for it. Some, um, ah, my alarm's going off. (laughs) 
somewhat merged with the other doll she sent me since I chose a worthless doll with sentimental value. My wife broke the other doll because it was always looking at her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just wanted a friend. Uh, it was a bed pillow doll and it did seem to always find itself looking in different directions around my wife. <laughs> I was even punished when she found, oh my gosh, I'm getting a phone call. Okay. <laughs> when uh, she found out it was worth about $5,000 after she broke it. Oh, you could have sold it instead. <laughs> Right. And it could have sold for more because it was a haunted you doll. Puni punish, blame somebody else for your own destruction. <laughs> My wife's oh. grandmother's doll collection was sold after her death. Her family dug through the um, and sold them fast and for as much money as they could. I even knew about it. Um, I happened to be out of town and missed out as her hoarded wealth was distributed unfairly seems to be a common thing that happens after deaths of people mm -hmm. with eccentric collections <laughs> 40 years of prize winning dolls sold in less than a week a waste i told my wife there was so much potential for more money there i slapped the table and she cringed i smiled at the feeling of power i had over her she nodded and agreed without looking up but I made her say it because I liked to hear her voice agree with me. Oh, they are the abuser. Hey, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> He's camera shy. <laughs> um, the package arrived two days later. It was addressed to my wife with signature confirmation. I hated that it was not allowed to, um, that I was not allowed to sign for it. She apologized as I explained um, that she um, should inform the sender never to do that again. This person's mean. I accused her of keeping secrets from me to gauge her reaction and make sure I was still in control. She begged and pleaded for me to believe her that she was not hiding anything. I smiled and told her I believed her. She cried as she signed for the package. As we left the store, I informed her of her behavior. Uh, what, what were all the tears for? Are you deliberately trying to embarrass us in front of everyone in town? Maybe, uh, maybe you could just make a larger scene next time and just get us shunned by everyone. Oh my God, I had an ex like this. <laughs> Wait, Every can time I... I'm going to punch them already. I know. Every time I cried, it was like, you're overreacting. And I'm like, my <laughs> dog just died. <laughs> there I'm was a reacting. sad commercial. Come on. <laughs> um, she cringed as if I slapped her. Oh, that, that was the other thing they would say is that I acted like an abused person and that I made them look bad. I'm like, maybe if I wow. was not an abused person. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, she cringed as if I slapped her, but she, she dried her tears, uh, for me. She pointed to the package. It was from her grandmother postmarked the very day that she died. I scoffed. Maybe she realized she should have something special for you. 
open it and let's see how much it's worth. My words hurt her, but I didn't care. If this was one of her, um, her prize winning dolls, I could find a buyer out of state for at least 10 grand. That's an expensive doll. It's made right? out of like gold. <laughs> As the box was opened, I pulled out an ugly used porcelain doll. What the fuck is this? As I shoved the doll in her face, this is worthless. The doll had a costume made of a patchwork of different materials, some parts even stained. The stockings didn't even match, and someone had painted a strange symbol on the, on the stocking leg. My wife held it to her. She's mine. I used to play with her as a little girl. My grandmother gave her to me when I was having a nightmare. She said that this doll was very special, that when I needed her most, she would always come to me, and that... Uh, that she would always take care of me. Sounds like she came to you at the right time. No, let the doll kick him out. Um, right. Fuck that. You can <laughs> have her. She's worthless. And that's just your fucking style. Yeah. Like the worthless man she's with. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, she must have really hated you to give you something so worthless. She cried all the way home. Fucking useless woman. That night, my wife awakened me at 2 a.m. Joe, something moved in the hall outside the bedroom. I glared at her with barely checked rage. But she might be right. With a slew of, of 2 a.m. appropriate language, I got up to check. I found nothing as I expected. Fuck, there was nothing. You woke me up for nothing. I put her in her place and held my hand up as if I was going to hit her. She swore she had um, had seen something, but I didn't let her go until I was sure she knew who still wore the pants around here. The doll. The doll wears the pants. That's right. <laughs> um, I had just got back to sleep when she woke me again. Joe, please be quiet this time. Uh, they may have hidden when you woke up last time. I can still see movement at the end of the hall. Maybe um, they're after the doll. I left her in there. I raised my hand to hit her and she sobbed, but I got up to check. Maybe they were after the coin collection in there. That's more likely. Fucking robbers. Don't fuck with my coins. <laughs> I have a coin collection that's completely worthless. <laughs> Me <laughs> too. To <laughs> <laughs> um uh working at the bank i got well i do have some that are worth like five bucks um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll fuck them up for good but there was nothing just the doll lying limp in a corner when i returned i let her know about it i didn't stop yelling until she ran out of tears fucking women scared of their own shadow At 4 a.m., she woke me again. I don't think I'd wake him up anymore. <laughs> right? Like, let him sleep so he can die when the person comes in. Yeah, you just leave the house. Let him leave him there with the robber. Right. Um, Joe, I'm sorry, but maybe you overlooked them. Someone is here. I heard him downstairs for almost an hour. He just came back upstairs. You can catch him if you hurry. I'm sure he's up here. Please forgive me, but I'm sure he's here. I searched the whole house, top to bottom. Nothing was, was moved. 
not even her precious worthless doll. I searched so long, fury turned to ideas. I could never, uh, I could have her sent away, evaluated overnight for seeing and hearing things, for being paranoid, convince the doctors to keep her there and then have her legally committed. That could work. How about you get committed to a prison? Right. I left the lights on for her to reinforce how much I cared about her madness. Yes, this could work in my favor. After all, she went mad from grief and loss of her favorite grandmother after receiving a gift from her the day she died. Yes, that's believable. Everyone will say how much it must have pained me to put her away. (laughs) Yes, this will work. I left the lights on for you. You're hearing and seeing things. We'll talk about it in the morning, but I don't want you to wake me anymore. She was crying as I went to sleep. In the morning, I had her visit a shrink. After I explained to him the situation, he was very concerned over the grief-stricken mind. He would take her overnight for observation, and I could get a good night's sleep. I smiled as I went to sleep alone that night. Tomorrow, I would play the concerned husband to make sure she got all the medical help she needed by staying more than one night and then finally committed. This was all going to work out quite well. This was all going to work out in my fucking favor for once. I heard an odd noise that woke me. I looked at the clock. 2 a.m. Again, as I looked back at the ceiling to go back to sleep in my last night um, sight, sorry, my last sight was the doll grinning at me and a kitchen knife plunging down to my shock widened eye. I realized also my wife would also have the perfect alibi. Her husband murdered as she slept in a room full of video monitors for hearing unseen burglars breaking into our house. Her paranoia would no longer be an excuse for commitment when her husband lay dead from an attack by those same burglars. It was also perfect. The knife slowed as it seemed to freeze. I realized in the timelessness of my last half second alive that I didn't have even have time to scream. I felt the knife slow, the knife's slow bite for eternity, unable to move a muscle. The end. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah, that's the only acceptable ending. <laughs> <laughs> that he has an eternity of death. Yeah. I hope it is like that for some people. Me too. I'm not I always feel like the bad stuff happens to good people, but I it really has it it, it can't it, there it's it's gonna be that like when it happens to bad people, people don't talk about it because it's it's not sad. So that's true. That is very true. I yeah yeah. Although it's too often that the bad people are causing bad things to happen to good people, that it's less often that those bad people are having things happen to them. Yeah, because good people aren't gonna do something to them. Yeah, horrendous. horrendous, horrendous. That made me angry. I don't like people act like that. Like no. I don't have like, I don't have a good filter. Like I even as a kid, when my parents would like yell at me and scream at me and stuff, I would yell back at them. I can't. I have such a strong sense of justice that like, you know. Um, even when I was in an abusive dynamic, I fought the entire time. 
I can't just can't. I used to not. And that changed probably around the time I went back to college. Um, and I found my voice. But yeah, I can't help but fight back now. Yeah. Like, even if it's like, even if I do back down, I at least try to fight back. And before I would just be like, you're right, you're right, you're right, whatever I can do to like make you happy. Yeah, placating to as a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. Never worked though. No. So, like, the more you fight back, the less likely they're actually gonna stick around for <laughs> for more yeah. rounds of that. Once they realize they can't break you, because that's what they want is that control. Yep. Gosh darn it. Well. <laughs> Cat is pacing. <laughs> <laughs> and dogs hanging out back there. And yeah, she's still itchy. They're, all their fleas are gone, but she's still itchy. She's Probably. I think she's actually biting her nails. <laughs> it's so weird when dogs do that. They're like, rah, 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 rah. Just, you get your nails cut. <laughs> <laughs> and she runs around outside. Usually the winter is when she has to get her nails cut because the snow is too soft for her nails to wear down yeah that makes sense it's not time yet (laughs) prepping making sure toes are clean but yeah i should i missed three calls while i was reading that (laughs) (laughs) you're popular Uh, it's all the same for it was actually the place that my son's at oh okay so i should probably wrap up here but we appreciate you all and we adore you and we let us know if you're on both of our Patreons because we'll add you to the Discord channel so it could be more hopping, hopping, popping. Not that you guys in there are not hopping, but we want to party. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about cats a lot in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we appreciate you all and all of your support all the likes the comments the sharing and the patreon support and the one-time support as well we both have links for that so lee has a bot is a which one do you like them to use uh coffee the kofi or kofi yeah and you can just send me cash out Um, but yeah, it all goes back into supporting our podcast right now. Um, we have to pay for a lot of different subscriptions and it's, we do a lot for you guys and we adore you. So also, if you think that you have a story that would be great on either this one or the paranormal side of things or both, uh, we would love to have you on. We have a couple guests already lined up in another podcast we're going to be collaborating with and bringing you some haunted what are they? Hospitals. Haunted hospitals. <laughs> um, ooh. Uh, so yes, we will be doing that soon. We have another guest that is my BFF growing up. So she's rescheduling. And then we have another one. Oh, and a therapist, a psychiatrist or psychologist, psychologists <laughs> <laughs> um, who also started a lot of organizations that are really cool. So nice. we have all that coming up. Uh, stay tuned. 
and we're awkward. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>